Welcome to Sessions with Steven. And today we have actress, producer, writer, uh, motivational speaker. She's all around fabulous woman. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Miss Shirley Wow. Um, did you call me Shirley Wow? I love that. Oh, no. Ralph, that is. Ralph, yeah. thank you. That's right. That's right. Although Shirley Wow would be yes, pretty exactly. good, too. Exactly. How are you doing today? Let me tell you, it, you know, I don't know if this, the show has a time stamp or not, but last night was the last night of the Democratic Convention. Mm -hmm. And when I listened to the words of Joe Biden, I thought to myself, finally, a decent man who is running to lead the country. Finally, a decent man and a man who had sense enough to choose the right candidate who just happened to be a woman, who just happened to be a woman of African and East Indian descent, yes. or as we would like to say, a woman of West Indian as in Jamaican and yes. East Indian as in India descent. You know, that, that speaks volumes for who he is in contrast to that orange monster we have in power now. Yeah. I mean, he is absolutely the chief of confuse, confusion, the, the chief of contempt, yeah. the chief of misdirection, the chief of, my God, he's like the racist in charge. And it's, it's very scary. frightening. Very scary, yeah, very scary. Um, and you've been so involved in the political aspects and, and pushing for that and pushing for Ms. Harris. And now that she's there, like how, does, how was that feeling when you saw her on TV? I'm sure you knew where you were. Oh my God, yes, you've been posting, make sure you vote and- <laughs> Come on, and, and that's, that's how what, it felt. That's where I it was started. like, come yeah. on people. I was like, come on, let's not be ashamed, black woman. Absolutely. In fact, everybody vote like a black woman. Vote, honey, please. And I'm telling all my trans people too, vote like a trans woman because you got both sides covered. Vote, 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 and don't be ashamed. And when I saw her with her acceptance speech, I was like, ain't nobody gonna turn me around ain't nobody gonna turn me around i was like come on ain't nobody gonna turn me around i was like mm -mm, this is a special time it yeah. is right now for all yeah. of us yeah it's time for us to wake up open our eyes and exercise our strength you know everybody keeps saying to me yeah but but vote black people need to make sure that they get something for their vote you know what black people really need to make sure they do? Vote so we can get something. That's right, that's right. Vote so we can get something. Fill yeah. out the census so yeah. that we can be in a position to yeah. get something. Yeah. We must go back to fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Vote so that we can organize, strategize, and get something. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know my mother, she's been so hard on everybody going to different people's homes, making sure they file out those census. And I mean, because it is very important. That's how we are counted and yes. how we get the amount of grants and, and things that we do need for our city. So um, I do commend you, someone, you know, you are this diva and um, it's just amazing to see sometimes the diva can actually take off her her hat and, and and don't be afraid to come and speak to the people and and create a change and look at what's, what's happening. I, it's, it's amazing to me. Well, let me tell you something. For me, you know, and my the audio version of my book is coming out. Redefining Diva: Life Lessons from the Original Dream Girl. Me, yes, we'll talk again in a few months when that's coming out. But for me, Diva is an acronym. Divinely inspired, victoriously alive, awesome, audacious, awoke woman. You know, it's not just about walking around, throwing cell phones at people or ordering my silver and gold M&Ms. No, it's not about that. It's about being the kind of woman that can help people, period. Just because sometimes all pe people sometimes need a little help, even if it's just to remind them how fabulous they are, yeah, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's not just about big hair and bad attitude. No. In fact, it's about whatever kind of hair you can carry yeah. and the best, the best kind of attitude possible. So I, I'd be nothing if it weren't for the people I'm able to connect with. I would be nothing. Yes. And, and speaking of which, I mean, you, we just spoke a little about Dream Girl. How was that experience being a dream girl? Because I, it's like once you become a dream girl, you're a dream girl for life. Come on, say it. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't say it like you could, but. <laughs> but that's it. Once yeah. a dream girl, dream girl, always a dream girl. That's right. I will never lose that status. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people have said things to me. They said, well, you can't be a glamour girl forever. How are you always going to maintain dream girl status? And I'm like, oh, excuse me. That's for <laughs> me to do. Right, That's right. That's for me to know. Right. All of this, oh, right. honey, this is my job. Mm -hmm. And if I keep looking like this, it's because God gave it to me like that. Yeah. God and the great goddess gave it to me like that. Yeah. And I'm not going to ruin it by being mean to people, cussing, fighting, carrying on, drinking too much, smoking too much, drugging all, all, all over the place. That's not me because yeah. nothing in divadom can cover up those pains. Yeah. Nothing yeah. can cover it up. It'll always be seen. And more than that, the people that you talk with, they'll always feel your pain, no matter how much you try to cover it up. Mm, that's very deep. That's and, and, and yet very true. Uh, with you being a brown-skinned woman and coming into the entertainment industry when you did, I'm, I can only imagine, especially for what so many people experience today, mm -hmm. um, how did you 
how did you get here? Is what, because I can only imagine. You know what? It's so interesting because sometimes I can only imagine. I, you know, I remember so clearly being young and um, coming to, you know, coming to America. I spent the first five years of my life back and forth between Jamaica, West Indies and America. My mother, a Jamaican, born, raised in Jamaica, came to the United States, met my dad, married my dad, whose family started in North Carolina. The Great Migration, my grandfather moved up north. They settled in Connecticut. My grandfather, though, he had a car and he could fix anything. So he drove and he, he tested out all the northern cities, Chicago, Detroit, you know, Pittsburgh, going, all, going into New England, and they settled on Connecticut. But when I got to America, that's when it became, and started school, that's when it became obvious that, you know, people, especially children, are not always nice. Yeah. Don't, don't speak a little differently. Then they're going to make fun of you. Don't look a little different. Then they're going to make fun of you. Don't be a little different. Like, be the one that's always raising your hand. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Pick me, pick me, pick me. They sometimes make fun of you. Yeah. I didn't realize that sort of um, difference till I got in school mm -hmm. in America. Yeah. But my mother, my mother always said, one, you're beautiful. Nobody listen to them because they're ugly. And if they're saying those things, it is proof to you that they're ugly. Mm -hmm. Right. And you are beautiful. My mother would say to me, you better keep raising your hands. Make sure you get the right answer because no D in this house, no C in this house. And if you get a B, it stands for beating until you get an A. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, there were different levels to all of it. I had to survive. Mm -hmm. I had to thrive. Yeah. And getting older you know, going through adolescence, I was not the cute one. I was not the one to be looked at. Do you hear me? It was not me, honey. And I have the pictures to prove it. But my mother and my father kept encouraging me that I was beautiful, that I was smart, that I could do anything I wanted. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you a secret. I'm my mother... My mother was shocked when Barack Obama was elected president mm. because she was so sure it was going to be me first. Really? She's your biggest advocate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I had to carry on. I, I, I grew up knowing that you have to look in the mirror mm -hmm. and love what you see. And yeah. it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It really doesn't. Yeah. As long as you think good about you and not in a haughty way and not in a, oh, I'm better than everybody way. It's, right. I'm so wonderful. I can love you too. I'm yeah. so wonderful. I can see the wonderful in you. Right. I'm so wonderful. I can do this. And if I can do this, you can do this too. <laughs> 
yes, you can. Now, are you are you passing? Well, clearly you are, but I, there's so many of the divas today. I'm not sure if all of them kind of carry that because it was it was you out there with Jennifer Lewis out there. It was Shaka Khan out there, Aretha Franklin, all of y'all in y'all. Oh, I love it. You put, me, you put me in the same group as Aretha. Well, I mean, you're, you all were the divas. Um, and of course, you were you were acting, you were singing, you were dancing. You pretty much carried it all. And it just seems that nowadays, we kind of lost touch of what a diva is. Now it's about, you know, padding your private parts and, and selling that instead of, you know, selling your who you are and your talent and your beauty. Um, you, I thought you actually passed it down to Brandy and um, she actually recently came out and said about you that, she wanted to be you, you know, on the set of Moesha, you always coached her in acting and, and she was like, I wanted to be Shirley Ralph. So how do we as people in this generation continue to keep passing down what our mothers and our grandmothers and fathers and grandpas have done for us? How do we keep it in this generation? You know something, and there, there are a few generations right behind me, at least two. My kids are millennials, so, or baby millennials, or I'm not even sure. My son is 27, my daughter's 24, so are they millennials? Yes. Okay, so my kids are both millennials. Yes. I, as a mother, work on raising my children every day. Every day, everything that was given to me by my parents, I did my best to give to my children. None of it was easy. None of it was easy. You have a lot of young people who grow up, they're stigmatized. Let's go back to what I said earlier by their color. <laughs> they're stigmatized by things like financial insecurity, poverty, they are stigmatized by thing, things like food insecurity. They're hungry. Now, my father used to always say to me, hunger and ignorance are two twins. If you don't pay attention to those things, they'll grow up to hurt you. They will come for you. Because believe it or not, no matter what they say, no matter how they act, they want what you have. Hmm. They want what you have. So when you can have a Tupac, a Big E and a Jay-Z come after a woman by the name of C. Dolores Tucker, who at the rise of rap music and was listening to the lyrics by herself, picketed in front of Time Warner, by herself now, yeah. with a sign that basically said, the lyrics, the lyrics of this, these songs, this music, will hurt my children for generations to come. And bitch is not my name. Mm. Mm. Those young men, surprisingly, came out against her and called her everything but a woman of God and bitch too. 
But then time happens and comes around and a young man like Jay-Z, who has come through a lot, done a lot, but he marries a queen. And that queen has a baby. And the first baby is a beautiful girl who just happens to look just like him. And he has a revelation that says, Bitch is not her name. Mm -hmm. Bitch is not my queen's name. And he had to rethink his use mm -hmm. of that word. So very often habits are repeated because people don't know. They haven't been taught. They haven't been loved. They haven't been given the strict boundaries of a D on Moesha. You know, it's so funny. So many people who, young viewers, who, viewers who were young when Moesha was brand new, oh, they were so upset with D. She was just <laughs> too much. She was just yeah. too strict. Who it, does she it, think she is? Now they're 35, yeah. you know, and yep. 40 maybe themselves. Mm -hmm. And the number of comments I get on social media saying, Oh, Auntie D, I understand now. I get it. Girl, you were right. Yeah. You know, it's about what you learn. It's about what you're taught. It's about how you're loved. And I've, I've done my best to take my whole career so that young people could look at me and know that my career was a choice. Mm. I chose the roles that I chose with them in mind. I wanted them to know that there was more and yeah. there was better. Yeah. And and I I we so appreciate that. And it's crazy how you just mentioned how, yes, when because I was one of them, I just could not stand ID. Like, why won't she just let Moesha go out and party? But then at a later age, yes, as I'm watching the reruns on Netflix, it's back on Netflix now. And yes. Um, and now a little birdie actually told me that there are some conversations of a reboot. And oh, come on, reboot, reboot, reboot. Yeah. Can we stop the conversation <laughs> and just make it happen? What's the holdup? Uh, Y'all all still look good, especially Thank you. So um, I would love to see, you know, what D is up to. Um, I actually had Monique on the show and I asked her about the Parker's reboot, but um, she said she couldn't do it because of Yvette Wilson, and Yvette was also, who played in Dell, everyone, also played in Moesha, but then we also have Lamont Bentley that would no longer be here, and also Merlin Santana. So, in a way, would you see the reboot of Moesha, you guys paying tribute in some form of way? Oh, let me tell you, there are a lot of things that I think would be great to to um, pay tribute to. Because, you know, Moesha was always wonderful about not shying away from the difficult subject, not shying away from racism, mm -hmm. not shying away from um, birth control, sex, um, STIs, STDs, um, yeah. teen pregnancy. Not, and I mean, that's just scratching the surface. Yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful in a reboot to be able to acknowledge, just like we acknowledged in the first season of Moesha, the death of her mother. Yeah. You know, we acknowledge the death of her mother. 
to acknowledge ovarian cancer and Andell's passing or not to make it too personal, any kind of cancer at all. To acknowledge the death of Merlin Santana who was sitting in a car dropping off a girl. He was such a flirt. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes, such a lovely young man. That was my experience with him. Yeah. And then for him to be shot in his head? Yeah. What? Mm. Come on now. Yeah. Lamont Bentley, who had taken the time for personal development to deal with his own personal devils, Mm -hmm. drive through Mulholland Drive, fall asleep and drive and drive off a cliff. Yes, it's it's very sad. It's Uh, just and it's real life. What about what about um oh my gosh. Uh, Bernie Mac. I was about to say it. I was about to say it. Yeah, also we had Bernie Mac, which was... Sarcoidosis. Yeah. It wasn't until Bernie Mac's death did mm-hmm. we even start talking about he sarcoidosis. He definitely one of the best. Definitely. Yeah. So in the, in the 25 years since Moesha, a lot has happened. There's been a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There's some things that we need to clear up. Like, um, one, where is Miles? Because Miles was kidnapped. So where is Miles? Who knows what that story might be. Mm -hmm. And I know you all think that Moesha was pregnant and ran off with Ohaji. But was she? This is so good. (laughs) Thank you. We know somebody was. Yes. But was she? Yes, absolutely. Right. I mean, she ran off with Q. Does so, it make you want to just go pop the popcorn right now? Like, <laughs> I mean, we're still in the middle of watching. Uh, this couldn't have come at a better time, honestly, with the whole pandemic. And and when I turned on Netflix and started watching Moesha from the beginning, I actually, I remember watching it every, almost every episode at the time. Um, it would be a school night and I would be so excited. But I said to one of my friends, I'm like, wow, it's crazy that some of these topics that they're talking about is so relevant today that I personally did not even really understand fully at that time. That's and, right. Yeah, it's that's crazy. Right. And I just remember my grandmother always saying, "You, that's Shirley Ralph. Like, she always knew... she." And I'm just like, who is that? Like, no, because I mean, I was a kid. I was a kid, so I really exactly. But then as I stepped into the world that I'm in, and um, in entertainment, and and being a student, oh, I know who Shirley Ralph is. You better know who she is. So, um, flowers to you. Um, I know you're doing something on August 20th um, for AIDS and HIV, I believe. Oh my goodness, you know, that's the, that is Southern National HIV AIDS Awareness Day. And that, and for that, I just want people to know who listen to this. I don't care, LGBTQ, um, I, uh, straight, uh, whatever, you know, trans, whatever. I want everybody to know HIV and AIDS is still here. It is still here. Yeah. People yeah. still get HIV. Still, people still die 
of AIDS-related causes, especially in the South, mm. especially in places where people are marginalized and stigmatized, mm -hmm. places where people do not have access to healthcare, access to testing. You know, we're in this time of Corona and I'm so mad because I love the idea of a crown and you know, Corona means crown. So yeah. I'm like this daggone Corona COVID-19. Right. You just messed up my vibe. Yeah. But, the, but it reminds me of the fight back in the day around, HI, around HIV and AIDS. Mm -hmm. So you Steven, I remember trying to have the conversation with men and women about using condoms yeah. and how many people refused to use condoms. It didn't feel good. And I was always thinking to myself, well, I guess HIV and AIDS must feel better. Right. You know, yeah. it, it's like trying to get people to wear masks now. Yeah. Well, it doesn't feel good. Well, I guess int being intubated must feel better. COVID-19 right. must feel better. Yeah. And I think to myself, are we still having to fight these struggles to get people to take care of themselves, even when they have a little bit of help at the end of their own arm? Mm -hmm. But in the South, still so many people, too many people, yeah, are, yeah. are contracting the disease. Yeah. And I just want people to know through my foundation, Diva, Divinely Inspired, Victoriously AIDS Aware Foundation, and the help of Gilead, that there's a lot we can do about this. Yeah. There's a lot you can do about this. Mm -hmm. And I know it's easy to feel like it's hopeless, right? Mm -hmm. We feel like it's hopeless. That's why we don't vote. We feel like our vote doesn't make any difference. Right. Well, listen, if you get into the habit of voting and speaking up and using your voice and yeah. trying to find a collective, maybe things would change. Yes. Maybe things, in fact, you know what? Let me stop. Stephen, I know things would change because there was a Pete Buttigieg on stage last night. Mm -hmm. Pete Buttigieg. And he talked about his marriage and his husband, and he was a viable candidate for president of these United States. Don't tell me AIDS didn't do that. Right. AIDS, AIDS right. in a certain portion of the gay community, they organized, they strategized, yes. they raised money and they had a candidate. What can't we do? We can do all things. Thank you. All things. So I have uh, four top questions that I'm gonna Come ask on. before we get out of here. Um, who was the last person you held hands with? Oh my gosh. That is such a great question. In fact, we didn't hold hands. The last great hug I got before the COVID lockdown was Octavia Spencer. Oh, Octavia, okay. It was Octa Octavia Spencer and Octavia was in press, doing press in New York around her, um, the miniseries. Okay, oh, yeah, that she done, yeah. 
Exactly, the one that she produced very yeah. well. Yeah. I, I, I love the way she reinvented the story in some ways, the, the story of, magic, of Madam C.J. Walker. Yeah. I, I really did enjoy that. But she gave me the best hug. So that was the last person. And then I got in a car. I, I left New York because, honey, I was about ready to start work on a brand new pilot by mm -hmm. written by Zaire McGee. And Zaire wrote a pilot called Harlem's Kitchen mm. starring Delroy Lindo and myself. And it was pure fire. You hear me? Yeah. Nice little fire. Yeah. Oh, if you love scandal, if you love Grey's Anatomy, if you love how to get away with murder, you were gonna yeah. be the kitchen was gonna be hot for you, baby. Oh man. So, will that will you guys go back into production soon? We just got noticed that they are planning to go back into production and that we may not shoot in New York, but they ABC has every intent of shooting the pilot. ABC will definitely get it done. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah. and do you have any bad habits? Okay, this is gonna sound weird, but my baddest habit is I am not a habitual person. Mm. You know, people that have habits, mm -hmm. they're able to stick to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get bored with sticking to stuff. <laughs> I get I get bored with um I, I got a new dog, you know, I believe in rescuing dogs, not buying dogs. Yeah. So I, I got a new dog and I can't walk the dog the same place all the time. I can't do it. Okay. We, have, we, we, we can find a way and I might do it for a week. Then I have to change it up. I, I, I just can't do it. I, I, I say, that's why I'd be an, I'd be an awful um, addicted person. I get bored. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I, I can't do this. Someone <laughs> in the household has to be the one to be spontaneous. So it's nice to know that you are. <laughs> there you go. Have Absolutely. Any the, have any of the divas who did the film Dream Girls ever like reach out or give any sort of homage, thank you, or anything like that? Let me tell you something. And I wrote about this in my new audio book, which will be out on Audible soon. Can't wait. Thank you. <laughs> and it's um, Redefining Diva 2.0. Mm -hmm. You know, I have updates in the book. Yeah. One of the greatest updates happened at the opening of the Tyler Perry Studios. Now, mm -hmm. Tyler Perry's Opening of his studio, if you heard it was epic, oh honey, it was more than epic. Yeah. It was it was epic to infinity. Yeah. The vibe was the overall vibe was just so good. The way people were treated was so good. Everything about it was an amazing event. I mean, it was planned with perfection. Right down to the invitation. Oh. Yeah. I mean, but I, my husband, Senator Vincent Hughes, you know, my husband's a senator in Pennsylvania. Yeah. We um, always have to big up my husband. Yeah. We walk into the room and I'm resplendent in shimmering shades of gold bugle beads. And I walk into this room that it just, 
it's so fragrant with the, the royal smell and look of the flowers, the way the room has been decorated. Mm. And standing right in front of me is Beyonce. Mm. She turned, it was like in a movie, darling. <laughs> <laughs> she turns and looks at me, extends her hands like a young queen. I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I put my hands in hers and she said, Miss Cheryl, the girls and I just want to thank you for everything that you have done mm. for us. And we appreciate you. I was like, girl, don't make me cry. Yes. Don't make me cry. <laughs> well, you got to know that you definitely opened up doors for for people like her to you know uh, all of these girls and that's beautiful dina meets dina moment How about that? <laughs> yeah but i have to tell you you can think about things like that but most people don't tell you thank you for anything yeah and nowadays more than gone. like the, you know that thank you is gone what you yeah. mean to me is gone yeah. most people now figure that they started it all they, right. they, can't, they, they cannot possibly see that there was a time before them when yeah. all of what they have now was not there, you know? So it takes, um, it takes somebody truly mature. It takes somebody truly aware. It takes somebody with um, something special in their heart to reach back and say, thank you. Yes, absolutely. You know? or to acknowledge someone that came before them, especially since I was absolutely completely blocked from having any participation in the movie at all. Really? And I was told, yes, I was told to my face, I would be a distraction. I don't know what that meant, but that's what I was told. So, you know, sometimes like I always say, you have to get over your own hurts. Can't wear your hurts because they'll mess up your good looks. And mother wow. is not having that. I know that's right. But who was it so that we could write down the address and, you know, so we can get to that person? You know, who said it? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, all is love. All is love. And you won. You won. Thank you. you I know. say, like I say in my book, let it be lipstick and lashes under the bridge. I love that. See, only a diva. Only a diva. And I just have to say thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for coming on. And whenever your your book comes out, the audio book, and when yeah. you come back, um, please, um, I even give out a copy by two and give out two copies to someone online. So thank you. Yeah. And please encourage all of your listeners to vote. Yeah. I need them to vote. I need them to wear a mask. I mean, don't go to these parties without your mask. Yeah. Be responsible to yourself and others. Wear your mask, spread the message, right. not the disease. Spread the message, not the disease. Yeah. And if you like these masks, please just follow me on Instagram. It's very simple. The Cheryl Lee Ralph, T-H-E Cheryl Lee Ralph or the Cheryl Lee Ralph. Follow the link in my bio and order your mask. Yeah, oh, I'm happy that you, here. I was going to say you should start selling those. <laughs> oh, God, yes. You know what? It, to me, it was, all, it was all very much an accident. 
I um, was wearing a mask and, you know, I was trying to put vote on it. Yeah. And, you know, I, my, my side hustle is bling and T-shirts. You know, I love that. And um, I said, oh, my God, we're going to be wearing masks for about a year and mm. we need people to vote. Yeah. Yeah. And doggone it. My daughter, I, we did this one. My daughter came up with with this idea. And then, oh, my God, at John Lewis's memorial, Bernice A. King stood up and she was wearing the vote mask. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh wow, my gosh. Look at that. That's just the best. That's just the best. So we look encourage everybody, yes, please absolutely. wear your mask, spread the message, not the disease, and vote like your life depends upon it. Yeah. Because it does. Thank you so much, Ms. Cheryl Lee Ralph. Thank, Thank you. Hey, subscribe now.